my buddy was telling me, yeah, you should do this. So I started a loop net, biz by sell, biz bin, looking at all the listings. And because failure is not an option, I wanted to make sure I got the right one. And I wanted to make sure I know the right questions to ask and what I'm looking for. Welcome to the Before You Buy or Sell a Business podcast, where we help buyers and sellers learn more about the acquisition process, discuss recent transactions, and stay up to date on the latest news in the market. Here's your host, Jared Johnson. All right, super excited today. I've got Jesse on the show. We're going to talk about the business you bought. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Cool, no problem. So you bought a FedEx business. I did. Awesome. Well, maybe we can start with your background. Maybe okay. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, if you went to school, You know, maybe yeah. your career before doing this. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm honored and surprised for you to have me on as a guest <laughs> because um, I'm just a regular guy. There's nothing special about me. I'm not a rolled scholar or I didn't go to Ivy League school. So any uh, information that I could share or inspiration, yeah, happy awesome. to help. Cool. Um, so I think we went to the same university, right? Vanguard. Oh yeah. I went, I, there did. For one I, year. I went there for one year. Yeah. yeah. I went there for one year also. Okay. Um, before that I went to a few community colleges. Um, I grew up in Riverside. Okay. And, um, my dream was to play in the NBA. So I was pretty good, but not quite good enough. So I always have that, uh, chip on my shoulder. I never got to accomplish my dream. So I kind of use that, like I said, as, as motivation for myself. Uh, my second dream was to be um, a director and producer. Oh, cool. So uh, I went to the Los Angeles Film School, and I majored in producing and directing and screenwriting. Wow. And I worked in the entertainment industry in Hollywood for about seven years as a producer, director, production assistant, um, and I also drove trucks, mostly working on commercials, okay. also some short films and music videos. And that was from 2004 to 2011. Okay. And then uh, I met my wife and my first son was born. The hours were really, really long in the industry. Only if you work in the industry, do you believe how long some of these hours are? Yeah. 16, 17, 18 hour days, two, three weeks um, in a row. So that was right when my uh, first son Cassius was learning how to walk. And I thought these hours, although I love it, I love the people I'm working with, it's not conducive to being a a good husband or father. So I thought I got to do something different. Even if it's working at Chipotle, I got to do something different. So, um, luckily my dad, um, took me under his wing. He's been in lending for maybe 40 years now. Wow. So he taught me the ropes. I got my real estate license, got my loan officer license. I'm now a, a mortgage broker and real estate broker. So that was a, a transition from being in the entertainment industry to lending. And I like that too. Um, but my wife really was encouraging me, uh, to open a business. And so it took her a few years. Um, and I finally, uh, I finally did. Yeah. That's yeah. great, man. It's a crazy background. So yeah. when you worked in the entertainment industry, you said you were driving trucks. Would you do like where you follow along and while somebody, while they're filming, you were driving those trucks? Oh so, no, that would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, this is more like, um, I would either drive the production vehicle. Okay. or the camera vehicle. Okay. So it would be usually the day before the shoot, um, I would pick up, you know, the camera dolly, um, all the production supplies like tables, chairs, tents, uh, the generator, um, or I would pick up the camera equipment, the camera, the lenses like that. So it's usually one full day of picking all that stuff up. I got to be the first one on set and then the last one to leave. Oh. So I didn't do that all the time, but that was, I did drive trucks for a portion of the seven years I was in Hollywood. 
yeah, I could see that where that would get a little tiring and, and kind of wear you out. And then at the end of the day, yeah, trying to spend time with your kids, it's all, it's always a hard juggle, right? Like, cause you yeah. want to provide for them, but at the same time, when you're sitting there going, I never see them, then yeah. what's the money worth? You know? yeah. 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 So cool. Well, definitely a diverse background. So, mm-hmm. um, how did you find the, the business that you ended up buying? So, um, you know, I was doing loans for about 10 years and then when interest rates starting to go up, so did my income hmm. because uh, 90% of my volume was refinances. Okay. So once rates started going up, basically no one wanted to refinance and uh, I felt like I didn't have a job. <laughs> so um, I started thinking, okay, well, what else could I do to make this kind of money? And my wife, she'd been, you know, like I said, uh, encouraging me for years to get a business. So I didn't know the first thing about business. Mm-hmm. That's just, I'm more of like a, you know, uh, a blue collar guy, you know? So, um, I started looking, uh, BizBin, LoopNet, BizBuySell, and there's a few other ones to try to see, okay, what business do I think, um, I could run? And I didn't, like I said, I didn't know the first thing about business. I didn't know what ROI was or how to, mm-hmm. uh, calculate, um, cap rate. Um, or what a profit margin was. So I really was just start from like square one um, and did all the research I can. You can get a lot of uh, information um, online nowadays, which is great, a lot of tutorials. Yeah. And also I had a lot of help from my parents and my stepdad, who's um, very uh, business savvy. Um, so any questions I had, he was always very patient and helpful and always gave me the best advice. So I started looking at literally every business uh, restaurants, delis, air conditioning repair, transportation, um, and then uh, laundromats. So I was originally going to get uh, a laundromat because I looked up. You what could actually are... find one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that's that's one of the big things that people always say. Hey, get yourself a, a laundromat, and then no one can ever find them. Or if they do, it's not often something you can finance because people aren't reporting all of the earnings. And right. That's the challenge I I get is I'd probably say once a month at least somebody says, Hey, I found a laundromat, and I. I kind of laugh in the back of my head, like, yeah, we're not going to be able to do this. And then I, I have one right now I'm working on that I think might actually be able to do, but they're buying it from a friend. Mm-hmm. So they're giving them the price that it actually should be sold at. And I think that that's probably one of the challenges. So. Yeah, because it's uh, mostly ca- cash, right? It's Correct. a coin. So they're, you know, they're going to try to not pay Uncle Sam everything they should. Yeah. Um, but when I was researching businesses, I basically just looked, what are recession proof mm. businesses? Because I didn't like... Although I, li- I didn't have a problem doing loans, what I didn't like was the government raising rates and they're basically taking my, I felt like they're taking my job away from me. It didn't, my attitude, my work ethic didn't change. Yeah. So I felt like there was, it was totally out of my control. I just did not have a job anymore. So I wanted to get something that was more stable, reliable and recession proof. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I looked up was laundromats and it had something like a 95% success rate. But it sounds like so random when people would tell me, oh, you're gonna buy a business, what are you gonna buy? Oh, I'm gonna buy a laundromat. It's just like, huh, why? That's so weird and random. But um, it's very relatively passive because you know the customers are going in there and doing most of the work. They're the ones, that, unless it's fluff and fold, they're the ones that are in there doing the washing and drying and all that. Um, so because I'm so um, nervous about failing, there was probably a lot of uh, uh, paralysis by analysis mm. where I would just like research so much. I even bought like a book, like how to like buy and sell laundromats. And I got hooked up with a broker, amazing guy. His name is Clay Barnett. 
and I met with him at a Denny's for like three hours. Wow. And I just picked his brain. So I feel like I feel like I know more about laundromats than anyone that has not owned a laundromat. <laughs> um, but he took me to a few, um, and I was thinking about um, you know buying one, but I didn't like um, that I didn't own the land. Mm. I didn't like that if the landlord wanted to raise the rent, if the lease wasn't great, um, or maybe he just doesn't want a laundromat there anymore, that would be like out of a business. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So you kept searching, kept looking at other things. I, I, I can tell you're, you're fairly detailed and you like to know everything. I, I'm kind of like that as well. So I, yeah. I definitely respect it. If I, if I do something or get into something new, I have to kind of like completely yeah. dive in and, and understand every little aspect of it. So yeah. I definitely get that. So you, you kept looking and how'd you end up finding the, the listing that, that you end up buying? Um, so a friend of mine bought pickup and delivery FedEx routes mm -hmm. and he had some success with it. He bought his, I think, in 2019. So especially during the COVID years, everyone is getting things delivered. Yeah. And brick and mortar is kind of dying. And I started researching FedEx. And it's a Fortune 500 company. I think this year it was like 41 or 42. Mm -hmm. um, so wow, it would be great to partner with that type of a corporation. So my buddy was telling me, yeah, you should do this. So I started a LoopNet, BizBuySell, BizBend, looking at all the listings. And because failure is not an option. Um, I wanted to make sure I got the right one. And I wanted to make sure I know the right questions to ask and what I'm looking for. And again, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. So a lot of these brokers, I'm sure they probably have me on their, you know, do not answer list now, because <laughs> I was just bugging them. any listing that they had, give me the financials. I had to sign the NDAs, look at all the financials. And so I know like what I'm looking at. And luckily, I had my friend who had some FedEx routes to kind of guide me oh, this is how you decipher that. And also my mom and dad and my wife for uh, encouragement and my stepdad, I would send him the stuff and he would give me his two cents. So I felt like um, pretty confident that the business I buy is going to be a good one. Can I run it successfully? Um, we don't know yet, <laughs> well, <laughs> but I'm going to get a good business. I mean, you said it already like four times failure is not an option. Yeah, so, it's not exactly. Yeah, it's ended up working out. So, so you found that listing. What what was it that, that you and I guess kind of your, your team uh, liked about that listing? So when I started researching the pick and delivery, I saw that the profit margins were between like 10 and 25%. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also the line haul, mm -hmm. which has a higher profit margin between I think 20 and 35%. But my friend was saying, oh, don't do line haul. Those are kind of scary with the big trucks. Normally, you have to get the pickup and delivery first, and then you graduate to line haul. So that kind of stuck with me. And then I was talking to one of the line haul contractors, and he said, oh, you don't have your Class A license. You're not going to be able to vibe with these drivers, you know, get your Class A license. And he basically kind of shut me down and said I wouldn't be able to do it. No, that, so. that's actually some great advice. And then maybe we can back up a little bit for the listeners to understand. So with FedEx, mm -hmm. um, they it's it's pretty crazy how FedEx they they only have maybe two thousand actual employees. Mm -hmm. Everything else is contracts, right? Um, and a lot of people don't understand. They don't know that. I mean, I feel like it's it's definitely gained a, a lot of traction over mm -hmm. the last ten years. But um, you have the pickup and delivery, or a mm -hmm. lot of people just call them P and D, mm -hmm. um, where they're going and they're they're picking up and dropping off the package at yeah. your house or commercial. Mm -hmm. And then you have line haul, which are the big semi trucks. Yeah. And then that even kind of breaks down further where they're going all the way across the country or yeah. they're only doing, you know, Best Buy or they're exactly, only doing, yeah. uh, you uh -huh. know, a loop in, in California and coming yeah. back every night. So mm -hmm. um, 
as you kind of break it down, there's there's different divisions, and each one kind of has its pros and cons, right? Yeah. So, um, with pickup and delivery, there was a, a time period where they were awesome and they were doing great, and line haul was always doing well. But the, mm-hmm. the problem we kind of saw with line haul was when it started out. Um, I would say when it kind of gained a little bit of traction, it was probably around 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once people realized that they could finance the the routes, it went crazy. Mm-hmm. And the multiples for them just kept going up and up and up and up. But at least you had some advice and you had someone to kind of bounce them off of. Yeah. Um, I definitely would not disagree with what your your friend told you about trying to to kind of get in with the drivers mm-hmm. that's the one thing that i noticed um doing them over the years was keeping the drivers happy is probably the yeah. hardest part yeah. so i'm sure we'll we'll get into that yeah. a little further but I just want to try to get a little bit of context so mm-hmm. so you went and i believe you went and worked on getting your license right yeah i'm actually still taking classes i have a class today to get my okay. class a license cool um but even before i did that i drove uh for pnd Oh, okay. Just when I was thinking about doing the PNB, mm-hmm. I wanted to know everything I could about it, kind of be like a day in the life of the driver. Yeah. So I did that, and it's it's hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're driving the truck around um, all day, getting in and out of there maybe 150 times, and then you think your day is over, and you look at the back of the truck, and it's still you know half full of boxes. Uh-huh. And I've heard of drivers on their first week just turning the engine off, leaving the cars in there, and taking an Uber back home and calling the contractors, hey, um, this job is not for me. Come get your truck. It's on the wow. corner, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, with that, I think that's more of a of a job for those drivers. Mm-hmm. As to where I feel like um, uh, professional truck drivers, you got to get a class A license. They get paid a lot more. Right. So the turnover is not quite as high. Yeah. It's more of a career than just a job. Exactly. Yeah. They they typically just want a nice truck, and yeah. and then some of them have different you know goals about being home mm-hmm. every night, or mm-hmm. some are fine being on the road, and then. Obviously, some work in teams. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing, mm-hmm. I had a, a client I worked with uh, probably 10 years ago that built it up real, real large um, in San Diego. And that was what he would tell me was give him a new truck. And then he had a lot of like father son mm-hmm. um, teams, yeah. which was kind of cool, you know. Yeah. So, and then yeah, husband and wife too. teams, yeah, uh-huh. where they're yeah. spending time together. So, so you, you decided that P&D wasn't for you. Um, and line hall kind of made more sense to start work on your class A license. So mm-hmm. where'd you end up finding this specific listing at? I don't remember if it was Bizbin or it may have been Biz by Sell. Okay. But I mean, I would get uh, after pretty much a full year of just, okay, what business do I want to do? Once I decided, okay, I want to do FedEx, mm-hmm. I did make some offers on P&D, but um, it took me a few months, even when I decided what that I wanted to do FedEx um, to pick one. Okay. And um, I would get alerts. Like anytime a new listing would get up, I would get an alert on my phone. And I would, like I said, I would bug the brokers. Send me, you know, <laughs> send me the NDA to sign. Give me the financials. I want to see what it is. Yeah. And um, one popped up. It was for Line Hall. And I had kind of already said, uh, I'm not sure about Line Hall, but it was for Line Hall. And I saw the numbers on it and I made an offer within like that minute. Oh, wow. Like I just, it was like, I was like, this is the one I like new after looking for so long. I was yeah. like, this is one. Th- this is it. I just yeah. knew it. We get a lot of people that, that tell us that, um, in the, the kind of what they call search funds or mm-hmm. search world. Um, you have people that that's kind of their full-time job is searching for a business. And I feel like oh, that's what I, did. I didn't get paid for it though. But. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So they, uh, you know, they'll, they'll keep looking and looking and looking and sometimes they'll get to a point where they say like, 
okay, I'm willing to kind of settle on a couple of these things. And some of them will kind of get into that, start working on the deal. And then I finally go, okay, what was I doing? I was just trying to, you know, satisfy, you know, my need. And I didn't, I didn't want to keep searching all the time. So, yeah. you know, luckily you, it, it worked out for you when you found it. So do you remember what it was listed for? A million. Okay. And you offered. Yeah, it was listed for a million and I felt like that already was a pretty good deal. Mm -hmm. So even if I got it for a million, I felt like, okay, but you never, you know, always want to try to get a little cheaper if you can. Yeah. Um, and uh, so many of the listings I felt were really overpriced. Yeah. Definitely. So this one felt very fair. Like even if I got it at asking price, I feel like it's a win. Cool. So I offered 900 and we met like right in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and still got a little bit off that, that works. Yeah. yeah. And I lucked out too. Um, my broker was fantastic. Marshall mm -hmm. Pollock and, uh, the sellers, amazing really very helpful very um they were a husband and wife okay um that met while driving oh wow yeah they were truck drivers cool um and then they got the first truck and they started expanding and um they still help me anytime i have any questions that's great they're like they're the most amazing people yeah i love them <laughs> yeah so then uh, if i recall correctly you didn't do a seller carry note right um uh -huh. so like you know it, kind of jumping in and making uh -huh. an offer without mulling it over and spending a lot of time do you would you do that again like do you have any advice for somebody um, that is kind of working on trying to put together their offer so you know I as soon as I saw the listing I knew this is the one and I I know that I must have requested the financials before I made an offer but okay. I feel like it was like that day or the next day I did make an offer so you and at least reviewed the stuff. You yeah, just yeah, completely I did. jumping in. Yeah, 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 I did. I did look at it, and I already kind of had an idea, um, just based on the revenue, because it's really difficult for them to hide or lie about the revenue, right? Because that's a 1099 that comes straight from FedEx. Yeah. With some of the expenses, oh, maybe you wouldn't want to show it, and also you can get really creative with the tax returns. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, it's a good thing. Um, because you could depreciate these vehicles. Yeah. So that was a trend that I saw with a lot of these tax returns is that it looks like none of them are making any money. How are all these people in business not making any money? Yeah. But if you know how to look at the tax returns, you can see, oh, he's depreciating this and he's writing mm -hmm. that off. So um, another kind of uh, benefit of the business, I think, is is that. Yeah, exactly. So it ended up being that your your offer worked and mm -hmm. you know, you, you probably would do it the same way again if you saw something that that made sense. So Yeah. Um okay, so then from there you got your offer accepted, then what'd you mm -hmm. do? Um I started doing uh, my due diligence, getting the trucks inspected, looking at more financials, and I actually had another lender before you're a lender. Uh -huh. And uh they put me through the ringer. Mm. Um, this is not a lender that I chose. It's a lender that the broker chose. Uh -huh. And the loan officer was a, a really good guy, actually. And he's, it wasn't you know, his money. So he's not the one that declined it. Um, but I think it was like three or four months. I really felt, and, and I'm used to doing loans because right. I'm a loan officer myself. Yeah. And usually, you know, between three, four, th between three to six weeks, we can get them closed. Mm -hmm. So I know this is, you know, a different animal, but um, it was really feeling like, oh, wow, this is, this isn't probably, it feels like it might not happen. You know, I was really having a lot of doubt. Um, and then they ended up declining it because the reasons they gave me was the first one was that I have no experience as a FedEx manager, but they knew that on day one. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was they didn't think that it made enough money to cover the debt service, mm. but that's not true. It's just not. <laughs> it, yeah. I think, um, 
probably some of the some of the times that other lenders or or even you know the lenders that you're with everybody and i think what's difficult for people to understand in the sba world is that um there's different lenders that want to do different things and some of them love fedex some of them hate them some mm-hmm. of them are kind of on the fence and they've got to really have a super strong you know buyer or right. you know they want to look for something key in that that one deal so maybe it just didn't fit perfectly into that box and and that happens from time to time but uh you know you didn't give up um yeah. You know, we were able to to work through and see. Um, if I recall correctly, I think we were fine. Um, I think you actually put in a little bit more than what we would normally see. A lot of times, people are just doing ten percent. I think you did like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, I, I think it was fifteen percent. Right. In okay, in my conspiracy theory about why the lender <laughs> uh, uh, pulled the rug up from under me was that at that time, that's when the rates started going up. Mm. So maybe they just got a little spooked. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, we're seeing it big time right now. Um, you know, and it's been what six months or something since, since yeah. you did it, uh, maybe longer. Um, we're seeing right now, a lot of lenders are really pulling back on business mm-hmm. acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happening is a lot of them got into the industry, um, maybe three years ago mm-hmm. where normally they would just do commercial real estate, or maybe they just do little equipment loans. They started getting into business acquisition, but rates were low for such a long time. And then also um, the government was giving a higher guarantee on the Mm -hmm. loan during Mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. So a lot of lenders that normally wouldn't do business acquisitions got into it. And then we had the rates all go up. Mm -hmm. So you almost doubled their interest rate. So these businesses that, you know, it worked at that point, but maybe just barely. Yeah. Once you go and double the rate, now they're all having trouble. So now all those lenders that said, oops, like we shouldn't have got into this. They're all pulling back. And mm-hmm. it's it's been pretty wild to see um, just all these lenders calling me, just dumping stuff in our lap because they know all that, that's what I've always done. Mm-hmm. And so I, in a way it was kind of nice because um, it was a little frustrating for kind of the you know old lenders that have been doing business acquisitions forever. And you get, um, you know, a little frustrated because like, who's this lender? Like, what are they doing coming in? And, and now they're kind of starting to get out again. So uh, it'll probably settle down and go back to, you know, kind of the, the normal four or five lenders that do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll be able to focus on it. So you guys were really smooth. Well, and thanks. I was even asking uh, the broker, why don't we go to these guys first? You would have saved me uh, a lot of gray hair. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Because you guys did it like, I think maybe, I felt like maybe a month and a half. Yeah. It was really felt uh, very smooth. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah I think it also machine. helped with you working in the, the lending industry because, mm-hmm. you know, kind of when I saw that, what my expectation was that you were going to be quick to provide mm-hmm. items because, you know, working right. in lending, we hate when people don't provide you stuff. You can only go they... as fast as the, <laughs> yes. the borrower. Yeah. yeah. People ask all the time, how long is this going to take? And I'm usually kind of put it back on them. Well, yeah. as fast as you'll go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. great. So, all right. So we got it down, got it approved. Um, I know mm-hmm. we built in some working capital for you. Yeah. Um, so from there, what did you do as far as kind of really making sure, um, it, the due diligence you, you did mention that you, uh, looked at the trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hire someone to do that? Yeah. Uh, Volvo. Okay. Yeah. There's a, it's called tech equipment. Okay. Um, it's near, uh, the shop where the trucks are and, um, they did like a full inspection, all of them. And, uh, the deal with the seller was anything that's wrong with it, you got to fix it. Okay. Um, but it just so happens that the seller also has a mechanic shop. Oh, nice. So these trucks are babied. Good. Like every week, they, whenever they go on their run, uh, four, five, six days, they come back. Every every time they get back, full uh, diagnostic, get serviced, wow. top the fluids off, check the tires, everything. So, And that's uh, FedEx's big thing is safety. 
Right. That's like their main thing. You can have these trucks, you know, falling apart on the road. Yeah. So they're all about. Well, the like drivers hate that too. Right? Of course. So yeah. it's, it's hard to get good drivers and keep them. And yeah. if you're making them go around in a truck that's constantly breaking down, it's coming out of their pocket. Yeah. They're not making money. So yeah. Yeah. They won't, they won't stick around that long if the trucks keep breaking down. Yeah. And as a lender, one of the big things we look at on these types of deals is how old the trucks are, how mm -hmm. many miles they have. Mm -hmm. it, we're basically trying to determine at what point are you going to have to replace them or yeah. maybe rebuild the motor. And yeah. there's, there's a big cost to that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll, you know, we look at it as capital expenditures every year. Um, so we kind of will factor that in. Yeah. And make sure that not only are you looking at, you know, the seller's discretionary earnings and how much you're going to make, but you have to keep in the back of your mind that there is maintenance costs. Oh, you may have yeah. to replace a truck. Mm -hmm. So what we don't want to see is two years, three years down the road, all of a sudden three or four of the trucks break at the same time. And you're going, what do I do? I yeah. got to buy all these, you know, or mm -hmm. finance them and try to figure it out. So mm -hmm. um, it was good that the seller kept them up and kept them in shape. So yeah. it probably made it a little easier for you, too. And I did not get a spare. So I knew already going into the to the deal, hey, I got to get a spare soon. Yeah. Um, in case one breaks down, that's lost revenue. Right. So I actually just got a new truck. Oh, cool. And for the other ones, like you're saying, yes, they need rebuilt engines, usually around nine hundred thousand to mm -hmm. one point one million, and that's about twenty grand yeah. and three uh, weeks of work. Right. So and yeah. I have one truck that is over two million miles, if you can wow. believe that. It's like, wow, I've never heard of that. It's yeah. over 2 million miles, but it still, it runs fine. Yeah. Because get service all the time. That's great. Yeah. They kept them up. So there so wasn't really any kind of red flags during the due diligence or closing process? Um, you're always uh, paranoid. Oh, I was, but why are they selling it? What are they not telling me? What What am I really getting myself into? Um, but, but no, and I think, again, because I did so much due diligence and asking so many questions yeah. um, to the brokers, to the sellers, to other contractors, and even before um, I bought these, I got a hold of a guy, his name is Bruce. He's one of the original, I guess there's only five original remaining FedEx contractors, like from the 80s. Oh, wow. So I got a hold of him and just picked his brain. And he was telling me, you know, safety, make take care of the, the drivers, take care of the trucks, make sure and safety is like mm. the number one thing. Yeah. So um, I made a business plan. Yeah. And I think it was pretty good. And I still try to refer to it. Okay, am I staying on track? Am I doing what I, I told myself I was going to do? Um, and so far, so good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's some good advice. You get a lot of people that are like, oh, I have to do a business plan. Or mm -hmm. I have to do projections. Oh, it was a pain in the butt. Yeah. And yeah. I always tell people like, you know, this is a good exercise for you. Yes, mm -hmm. it's a pain. Um, there's sometimes where I'm like, they probably really don't need to because mm -hmm. they, they know what they're doing. But at the end of the day, like you had mentioned, you, you were nervous because you hadn't owned a business before. But I, I'd almost kind of challenge you on that, like look back and see everything you did was kind of on your own, right? Mm -hmm. You weren't, uh, you know, just working in corporate America. You, you never really had a job like that, mm -hmm. right? So being a lender, you, you got to kind of think for yourself. You have to be self-motivated. Um, you're learning about financials and finance, you know, working in the entertainment industry. Sounds yeah. like you did a, a lot of different things, but most mm -hmm. of the time you were still doing stuff on your own, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. you probably did set yourself up for it. You just didn't want to. I tried to convince to myself <laughs> of everything you're saying. I tried to convince myself, oh, um, I was a producer. So that's basically logistics, right? Oh, I drove a truck. Well, I'm a truck driver. So, but yeah, that's what I tried to. When I look in the mirror, you can do it, you know? Yeah, well, obviously your wife believed in you. She kept pushing yeah, you, so that always helps. Did. So one of the things that, I, you know, I recall from, from doing this that did help us was the fact that you looked at the situation and you said, what do I need to learn? Mm -hmm. And you went and started 
you know, doing the courses to get your own, mm -hmm. you know, license. Mm -hmm. um, we don't get people like that. A lot of times we get people that are, you know, maybe a little arrogant with it, mm -hmm. right? And they say, oh, I can do anything. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about it. And I think that really helped you out because it mm -hmm. showed us that you're the type of individual that wants to get involved and really wants to learn something, oh, can admit you, that they don't know thank something. You. So, you know, it's good advice for, for people looking to buy. Um, you know, don't ever be above what, what you're doing and, and try to really get involved. And, I, and I'm sure your drivers probably like that too, right? Um, I, th I think so. I have a really good relationship with my drivers. Um, and I really try to take care of them. And uh, I told them on day one, hey, if you respect me, I'll respect you. If you work hard for me and have a good attitude, you will be compensated uh, fairly. Um, so yeah, I like my drivers. Cool. Yeah. So what was the hardest part of, of the transaction looking back? Um, that's a good question. Uh, finding the right business, I, I think for me was the toughest. Um, and then closing the deal was also pretty tough. I mean, it's not, and you were saying maybe some uh, buyers are um, arrogant or overconfident. Anytime I feel like, oh, I got this. I learned something new. Yeah. You know, every day it's just, I feel like, wow, I really, you know, whether it's um, something that needs to be fixed on the truck, I'm not a mechanic. So I was like, oh, wow, when, whether it's something with dispatch, whether it's, oh, we can't take this road because there's ice, we've got to take an alternate route. It's every day there's something I'm learning new, which is good. Yeah. Which is what I want. I wanted something that's challenging and I want something that's fresh and, and just totally kind of different. So, um, yeah, not coming in overconfident at all. The, the opposite yeah but for the yeah. most part like what you really were looking for was for some control and to be yes. there for your kids so yeah you, exactly. you got that as well mm -hmm. yeah i mean obviously there's there's always the challenge of still having to work with fedex and making sure mm -hmm. you're doing a good job for them but there's there's a lot more of the variables you can control so it made sense so mm -hmm. um yeah and i think if i remember correctly the at the end we were also waiting for fedex to line up and i think that was a little bit of a challenge, yeah. but it's, it often is how, how they do things. Yeah. It's like, what, what comes first, me getting approval from FedEx or me getting approval from the lender. So it was really like, we kept pushing the closing date and how, but ultimately ended up working out. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're a billion dollar corporation. So they got, they want to make sure that the contractor, you know, everything's in order and there's so much paperwork that I have to send them still every week. I have to send them a, a mileage report every month, a monthly maintenance report stuff on drivers, the, uh, the cameras on the drivers, um, mm. driver logs. It's really every, I work every day. Yeah. It's not 12 hours every day, but right. every day it's, it's, you know, at least a few hours of paperwork or, or putting out this flyer. So yeah, that's probably good for you though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, are you happy you did it? I am. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I am. I'm happy I did it. Uh, like I said, I like my drivers. I like my manager. Uh, I like dispatch. Um, I'm enjoying it. So like once it. you, once we closed mm -hmm. and you took over, what, what was the hardest part of that? Um, my buddy that had, uh, bought his routes in 2019, he kind of gave me a blueprint. Okay. This is kind of what to expect for the first three, four months. You're going to be in there like all day, every day learning. And then after that, it's going to become a little bit more passive. Um, so there wasn't really a hard, anything that was difficult about it because I knew what to expect. Um, you kind of, you get out of it what you put into it, you know? So I go in there, not every day, but usually Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I go um, uh, to inspect the trucks and talk to the mechanics. Um, 
and dispatch, usually the trucks get dispatched on those days. And I do payroll uh, early in the week. Um, and then towards Thursday, Friday, usually I have a little more downtime, but it's still some paperwork. And most weekends I have off. But always, there's always something that's going to pop up. Like on Thanksgiving at 3 a.m., I got a call from my driver. Oh. There was a problem with the truck when he was trying to leave with the trailer. So it took me a few hours to try to you know, resolve that. Um, so there's always going to be uh, issues like that. Um, it's, is it stressful? Yeah. But I think most businesses are probably, uh, stressful. Yeah. And anytime I get really stressed, um, I try to put things in perspective and think about my kids. Yeah. It usually kind of, you know, mellows me out. Well, you probably, the more you do it, the more you get used to it, yeah. you know? So there's, yeah. you're obviously never going to stop learning, but right. you know, so, um, what surprised you the most about, about the business after you took over? Um, when you think about, okay, it's just, I'm going to pick up this trailer from here. And I'm going to drop it off over there. It's like, when you really break it down, it's pretty simple, <laughs> but it's very complex. It is actually very complex. So I think maybe um, the scope, the amount of uh, deliveries that are going out mm -hmm. and also um, the regulations as far as the trucks have to be inspected and uh, up to code. Um, but I wouldn't... So far, not really any big surprises. Okay. Not really any any big surprises. Well, hopefully nothing is about I, to come up. So. Yeah, right. No, I mean, I know even if you take care of the trucks and baby them, there's, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and what they said, uh, what I heard about this industry is it's 90% boredom and 10% terror. Oh, So wow. I feel like, yeah, that's true. So far, that's, that's been correct. Yeah, <laughs> it'll wake you up, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes at three in the morning. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, um, you know, been some some great information. I, I really appreciate it. I always ask two questions at the end. Mm -hmm. So first one is, um, do you have a mentor or have you ever had a mentor? Yeah. Um, well, my parents, my mom and dad, and also my stepdad. As far as uh, business, it's my stepdad. He and my wife. Uh, my wife is the one that's really been encouraging me, but my stepdad is the one, such a smart guy, such a, a caring and passionate, always with advice. And you would think that he would be like annoyed with me. Never. <laughs> and all the stuff, all the random businesses I was sending him, I was going to buy a Jewish deli. I was going to buy, um, he would look at it and give me, and hook me. oh, I know someone that used to have a Jewish deli. Oh, I know someone that has laundromats. So he would always kind of point me in the right direction. I don't think I would have been able to do it without him. And, and I wouldn't have, no. Yeah, it's great to have somebody mm -hmm. to, to rely on yeah. and fall back on. 100%. Yeah. All right. So final question, what motivates you? My wife and kids. Cool. Yeah. 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 So awesome. Yeah. That's a great answer. So, yeah. you know, you didn't make it to the NBA, but, you, <laughs> you, you know, you end up still all right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You still playing basketball at all? Uh, no. No? I go and shoot around every once in a while, but yeah. it's been years since I played. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard when you, when you take your foot I'm, off the gas. Yeah. I'm too nervous to get injured at this point. Cool. <laughs> well, it was great talking to you, and I, I look forward to hearing from you soon. Hopefully, okay. you know, if you end up expanding or doing anything else yeah. you know really appreciate your time okay. today well thanks for having me on yeah no problem thank you for listening we hope you found this podcast informative and helpful please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player for more information or if you'd like to discuss a transaction please go to www.jarrettwjohnson.com